1: Our culture tells us if we are to succeed, we need to be driven. The Bible says you need to be led. the Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Hi there and welcome. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Today we're going to go to the Psalms, chapter 37, verse 23. Going from being driven to being led is the title of our message today. And we'll take a look at what it means to be led by the Spirit, to be led by God. And really, when we find ourselves led of God, That is when true success really takes place. With more, let's catch up with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Again, Psalm 37 for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing.
0: It says here in verse
1: 23, it says, The
0: steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he, God, delights in his way. The steps of a good man are what? Are ordered by the Lord. This this Hebrew word, it means to be established, it means to be prepared, it means to fix, it also means to be ordained. So when it comes to life, one of the things that I want to make sure that I'm doing is constantly staying in tune with God because I want my steps to be ordered by the Lord. I don't want to just go through life doing things or on a whim or just whatever I feel is, is good. And, and most importantly, I don't want to be driven through life. I want to be led through life. And God clearly here, he says that the steps of a good man, if I establish myself right in the sight of God, God begins to order my steps. He begins to establish them. He begins to make them firm. He means, he begins to prepare them. So what happens is the step that I need to take five steps down the line, he's already preparing me for that particular step. And it's, and it's ordained. It's something that God has established. And, and it's something, I like this, that, that is fixed. God has a path for you. It may not be everyone else's path. But it's a path that he's established, fixed, ordained, prepared for you. And we have to get our eyes off everybody else. And learn to run in our own lane. Can I have an amen? Amen. We have to learn to run in our own lane. And one of the things that happens is we have to get our eyes off of, and and I'll say it like this. Stop comparing yourself to everyone else. Can I have an amen, y'all? Because God has a specific plan for your life. No one else has the plan that he's established for your life. You are unique. You are different. It's for you. Now he's not going to violate any of his biblical, you know, um, his 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 biblical mandates for our lives. He's going to stay within the confines of his character and his nature and what he's established through his word. But your path is going to be a little different than everyone else's, and we have to be okay with that. We want God to order our steps, and I want to take a look. We're going to look at three passages of Scripture that are going to help us to get into a flow with God so our steps can be ordered by Him. So that we, we're, we're in this flow where we know this is, these things are going to help me to position myself for God to order my steps. Okay? We know He wants to order them and that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. These principles are going to help me. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. So he says here in verse 5, he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. He says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall do what? He'll direct your path. This is what we want. We know that God, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God wants to direct our path in the steps that are ordained by him. The first thing that, we, that I wrote down here is we have to learn to trust in the Lord. We have to learn to trust in the Lord. And he says not only trust in the Lord, he says trust in the Lord with all your heart. The seat of your emotions, the seat of your compassion, the seat of your desires. We have to take that place and we have to learn how to trust God in that place. It's one thing to trust God in your mind, but it's another thing to trust God in your heart. That you're willing to to yield to Him. You're willing to, to be vulnerable to Him. You're willing to be in a position where you... You give up control and you allow God to, to dictate and ordain and establish your steps. Now, the big thing with all of this is, and I, and I think it's important that we, that we know this about God. And I, and I said this, and I've been saying it, never forget that no matter what it looks like in your life, God always has your best interest in mind. He's always, He has your best interest in mind. If God is bringing something into your life, He has your best interest in mind. If God is taking something out of your life, He still has your best interest in mind. We always have to never question God's character. Never question His character. He, if He is doing something in your life, He's doing it because ultimately he knows that two or three steps down the line, it's necessary for your development to get you to where he's trying to establish you. Never question him. The devil wants you to question God's integrity. He wants you to question his faithfulness. He wants you to lose trust in God. The devil wants you to start doubting, murmuring, complaining, complaining. He wants you to develop a resentment in your heart towards God because things didn't turn out the way you thought that they should turn out. Can I have an amen in here right now? And so what happens is we have to take those thoughts when the devil brings them. We have to cast them to the side because God always is looking out for me. Now, I may make a bonehead decision and God's got to deal with me on my bad decision. And maybe that's why things didn't turn out. But it's not because God didn't love me. God wasn't looking out for me. God didn't care about me. Never question his love and care and compassion for you. He proved that. When Jesus went to the cross, he settled that forever. He has your back. He's on your side. And for all of us here, never question God's integrity. We have to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And then he says, lean not to our own understanding. And this is important. I also wrote this down. Don't depend on your understanding. That's why he says lean not. What he's basically saying is don't depend on your understanding. For all of us, this is critical because some things that God is doing in your life or the direction he's taking you in may not make sense to the natural mind or to the natural man. Now, he's never going to violate his principles outlaid, outlaid in the word. But. There are going to be times when you're going to make decisions that, and God is going to nudge you to do things or you're going to go in a direction or God is leading you in a direction that doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense to a lot of people around me when in the prime of my career, I left $3 million on the table and I walked away from playing football to do this. Didn't make sense. People call me crazy. I pastor pastors call me crazy. But when you know that you know that you know that something is ordered by the Lord. And he's establishing your steps. And he's ordering your steps. You have to flow with God regardless of what the world thinks is right. And what the world thinks makes sense. And then God on the other side will show you that I got you right where I want you in the palm of my hand. And everything you need to accomplish my purpose, I've established it for you. And you're going to be all right. Can I have an amen? This is the mindset that we have to develop when we're walking with Jesus. We have to learn... To not lean on our own understanding. Now we want to be wise. We want to be prudent. We want to make good business decisions. We want to do all those things. And we want to, to the best of our ability, align ourselves. When when you know that God is establishing something and God is nudging you and pushing you and prodding you and saying, this is what I'm doing. I'm about to shut this door and shut that door and open this door. This is the door. You got to go through this door. Saints, we got to learn to run through the door with Jesus regardless of how we may feel or what looks socially acceptable we can't lean to our own understanding it's just is a matter of obedience I was talking to the guys from KFAX this on Wednesday did an interview with those guys and he was talking to me about this and I said I said what I did was just what I did was not a matter of reason It was a matter of obedience. I knew and had received confirmation this is what I was supposed to do. If I didn't do it, I don't even want to think about that. But see, for most people, they have an exit strategy. If we're going to walk with God, we cannot have exit strategies. We've got to take God's purpose and run with it. And for all of us here, leaning not to our own understanding is critical. we got to overcome our fears. We have to overcome our insecurities. we got to overcome, you know, being overly consumed with people's opinions. We have to stop worrying about what the world says. And we have to get in line with God's will for our lives and His steps that He's trying to order for us. And when we do this, God begins to prosper us and bless us. And then, the, and then when he does bless us, we know without a shadow of a doubt, it was God that did it. And let me say this to you all. If God opens a door for you, nothing or no one can stop him. Amen. And I always, I always think about this. I never want to lift myself up because then I'm responsible to keep myself there. But if God lifts me up, Now, it's his responsibility to keep me there because he's the one who put me there. Can I have an amen? amen? This is the mindset that we have to develop as saints and stop leaning so much on our... Don't overthink it. Get your counsel. Be wise. Do your due diligence. But when you know God is speaking, don't overthink it. Now, I didn't just do it. I just didn't wake up one day and and stop playing football. I talked to my wife. I got counsel from my wife. I got counsel from my pastor. I went through. I did my due diligence. And everybody was saying the same thing. This is God. What can I do? I got to do it. So in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So we understand that. But when you know it's God, go. Lean not to your own understanding. And then look what he says here. He says not only that. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. In all of our ways, we have to learn to acknowledge God. That means that before I am finished making decision, I have to bring him into the deliberations. I'm going to acknowledge God that everything I'm doing is based on, is based on my dialogue with the Lord, my process with God the counsel that I'm receiving from the people of God, and this is going to funnel me into the right direction that I need to go because ultimately God wants to confirm my steps. And he will confirm it. But I have to acknowledge him. The problem is is that we make decisions and then we consult God later. We try to bring God in when it starts falling apart. Say, yeah, you know. God told you not to be messing around with this person, that person. and Well, I got to ask God to help me fix it now. Is there anybody in the room that's been there before? Like, it's like, I, saints, we have to stop. We don't want to have to do damage control all the time. Because, you know, the thing about it, the good thing about God is God will help you get out of situations. The problem is you tore up a lot of stuff in the process. Well, God is going to help me fix it. Yeah, but that's a lot of fixing. And and let me say this. The, the, the sad thing about it is, is that when we fail to acknowledge Him and we get into bad situations, oftentimes the, we may make a, a quick decision, but it may take years to turn the thing around. Isn't that sad? There's a lot of times there's no quick fix in it. God has to take time to dig us out of the pit or the hole we've dug for ourselves. And sometimes that could take years. We can avoid all that if we start to acknowledge him. God, we're, we're waiting on you to give us the okay. We're waiting on you to give us the yes and the amen. Amen. We want God, you to order our steps. I don't want to make a bunch of bad decisions. Then you have to clean it up. Help me clean it up and then get out of it. And then now I'm fi- I lost five years messing around. Now, praise God, he got me up. But man, there was five years that I blew it messing around with the wrong people, making bad decisions, going in the wrong direction. Doing the wrong thing. Now God's got to clean me up. Yes, he's going to clean me up. But the thing about it, saints, it, it takes, sometimes it takes so much time. And we have to learn and teach our kids. Listen to God. Do what he says. Don't don't have any self-inflicted wounds in your life. And so he says, acknowledge him. So in these, in these verses, these two verses, we see three things. Trust. If I'm going to see God order my steps, I've got to learn to trust Him. Number two, I've got to stop leaning on my own understanding. Number three, in all my ways, I want to acknowledge Him. And then He will direct my path. Can I have an amen? Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. Because this is also a very, very important part of how we establish trust with God. How we really tap into it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. 24 and 25. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake Will what? Find it. Okay? And so we see here, we see three three more points. He says in verse 24, Then Jesus says to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. I want to come after Jesus. I want to, I want to live my life with Jesus. I want Jesus to be a part of my life. Jesus here says, If you want to... To be with him, to walk with him, you want him to be in your life and to be a part of his life. The first thing we have to do, he says, is to deny ourselves. Okay? If I want to tap into moving with God and having God ordering my steps and going in the path that God has in store for me, I have to deny self. And this right here is why, this this right here is where the the rubber meets the road in Christianity, because we don't teach enough about self-denial, about dying to yourself, about we teach, a, 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 a sometimes it's sad, I hear messages, and it's all about just the blessing of God, how God's going to bless you with that, He's going to give you that, He's going to do that, and He's going to do this, and, and it's like God is a big Santa Claus, and He just wants to just bless everybody, Woo! And God is a great blesser. That breath you just took was a blessing. We know God is a blesser. He loves to bless people. But Jesus, I love this. He's he's thronged by people. He has people, all kinds of people coming after him. He stops. Because everybody wants the miracles. Everybody wants the healings. Everybody wants the power of God. Everybody wants to defy the fishes and the loaves. And so Jesus has all these people coming after him, and he stops. And he says, if anyone comes after me, he says, the first thing you got to do is deny yourself. What is he talking about? He's talking about the old Adam in you. You and I have to deny him. The old man, the old selfish us, the old prideful us, the lustful us. The person, the enemy, enemy. We have to learn to, de- to deny him, to tell him, no, you don't just get what you want. You're not going to live in me anymore. That I'm telling the old Napoleon coffin, you're dead. You don't have place in me anymore. You're not ruling in me. There's a new Adam in me. There's a new man in me. And I don't just get what I want, but the problem is the culture. We got this culture thing going on. Well, even from a young kid, these everybody just will we just give little Johnny what he wants before he starts crying and embarrassing you? Just, just I know, Dad, he's disrespecting you in the mall, and he's crying and falling out. But just let him do it. But we don't know that we're creating little monsters. But little monsters grow up to be big monsters. And then, and then they get out here and start doing crazy stuff. And people wonder, why, why is he? Well, that's because you spoiled him. And we didn't teach him how. We didn't tell him no. Or if you keep acting out in here. We're going to take a praise break in the car. <laughs> can, can I have an amen? amen? We're about to take a praise break. <laughs> and I'm not going to be the one that's singing. <laughs> You're going to be calling for Jesus. <laughs> but this is says, but this is what happens. We don't we got to learn to tell if we learn to tell people tell ourselves we learn to raise up a generation where they don't get everything we want to bless them we want to bless them yeah yeah but you're not getting everything and you're not going to disrespect me you're not going to talk crazy and you're not going to talk crazy to the teacher or to the policeman or to the fireman or to anybody that you're going to respect adults And you're going to do, can I have an amen, y'all? What happened to that? Where did it go? Let me tell y'all a story. I was telling this. I was telling, we got time. Let me tell y'all a story. I would get in trouble in school, okay? So I'm at school, and I'm sitting there, and one of my mom's girlfriends, Miss Jackson, she was awesome. Christian lady. She taught in the school. She was just really great. I'm in her class. And there was this girl that was sitting right in front of me. And we were doing our little stuff and drawing and, you know, going through the whole thing in school. And I looked at the back of her hair. And I had my scissors. Aww. So I took my scissors. I went. And I cut her hair. I got sent to the, um, the principal's office. I got trouble. So Miss Jackson. Said, this is what I'm going to do. She said, I'm going to take you. Since you want to cut people's hair, you want to do this, son? She said, I'm going to take you and I'm going to put you under my desk. She said, I want you to do your work under my desk where I can see you. At all times. And she said, boy, and if you move, I'm going to kick you. And, but what happens is, but for all of us, we've got this enemy in us. And we have to start learning to deny ourselves. There's no way we can get into tune with God if we haven't. Stop blaming everything on the devil. Some things is us. That we have to deny ourselves. No, you don't get that. No, you can't have that. No, you can't go there. No, you have to, that's not Right. We have to start telling ourselves our flesh is going to get us in more trouble than the devil ever could. We have to stop and say, Lord, help me to deny myself. There's no way that I can start trusting God, flowing in God's purpose, if I haven't stopped to say, you know what, it's not about what I want. It's about what he wants.